welcome back to another episode. Please follow our IG page, which is Mama Girl. That's M A M A G U R L podcast. Or you can follow us on our website, which is mamagirl.com. And you can listen to us on Apple iTunes, Spotify, and also on our website. So since we've been gone a little minute, we got we going just gonna roll into the episode today. So today we're talking about we're talking about quarter life crisis. Y'all, I have <laughs> never in my life heard of a quarter life crisis. Really? Not that it doesn't exist. But Actually, I, it does. Well, I'm back while we're talking about it today. Well, I can give you a reason how I came up with this title. So, I listen to a lot of music on SoundCloud, and there's this particular artist named Mickey Silo. And I've listened to her music for a couple of years. But she has this song called Funny When. And in the lyrics, she was saying about her having a quarter-life crisis. And at first, I was like, quarter-life crisis? What is that? And then I had to think on it. I was like, quarter-life crisis. And it was like, wow, that actually is something that actually happens. Because I didn't know it was I didn't know it was an actual term. But there's so many circumstances in your 20s that make you feel like you're in a crisis so with that I was like this might be an actual good topic to spew off of but it also kind of was solidified by one of my favorite youtubers her name is EC Maymay Adeko and she is a youtuber slash influencers and she's been on YouTube for about five plus years and I've became so in love with her content she's just amazing and she had a video that was entitled it's time for me to be honest life update and so it's pretty much a 37 minute video of just doing an update of where she is and she was basically talking about how she was in this transition phase as an influencer but a woman in her you know mid-20s trying to figure out who she is what she want to be and you know she was discussing how She was feeling like really lost in all aspects of her life, how she hasn't been feeling really motivated. So that affected the frequency of content or how much of it she put out. And then she was talking about burnout, trying to figure out who she was as a woman and figuring out her like morals and her standards of who she wants to be. And it not being based on what she was taught is based on as she's went through life, what has she decided? This is who I am. That sounds like a life crisis, period. Whether <laughs> it's quarter, mid, late, it's just that just sounds like life crisis, period. So I guess it's a quarter life crisis because it happens what in your twenties, early thirties. Yeah. Because the only thing I've ever heard of is a midlife crisis, which happens around your late forties, fifties, or mm-hmm. something like that. And you know, people are you know, wanting to live their best youthful life all over again. So, yeah, yeah this was a, yeah, this was an interesting topic for us to kind of talk about, A, because I'd never heard of it, and it was something that Alexis was, you know, excited to talk about. So, let's talk about it. So, basically, kind of just stepping back to her video, she was just talking about just... And this was very interesting to me because I go through it myself of where she was talking about how she didn't feel control over her life. And she felt like, you know, everything around her is just moving and she didn't have a grasp on it. And how she knows of what to do to get some type of control of what's going on in her life. But she hasn't done it. It's like, you know what you want and you know what you need to do, but 
that lazy side of you come you're not up. Doing it, you're not doing the work. Right, that procrastination side. And yeah. I know that's something you and I have talked about, especially because coming out of college was one of the most unmotivating times for me because when I left college my idea was that I'm supposed to be in DC I'm supposed to be working for the federal government I'm supposed to do all these different things and my life didn't turn out that way and that's nothing I regret at all because I love the job that I am in now however I was believing that this is how my life is supposed to be and so been out of college literally like two years and so since then I've just been watching and of course being on social media a lot <laughs> and just you know you know a lot don't say nothing mom don't, uh, I'm, just <laughs> I'm just I'm just letting you know now okay but just being on social media a lot and seeing a lot of what my friends are doing that I'm super happy for and just grateful to see them grow and to just do things that they're doing you know you have your moments when you compare and you feel like you're not doing enough because a lot of my peers are getting married. They're having children. They're in, a lot of them are in their profession, even though, yes, just because they're in that now does not mean it can't change or they can't find a different passion as they, you know, grow and as they get older. But, but my question is, I have seen so much. So in my research with this, y'all, I've learned that the mindset of a quarter century crisis is, I should be, like Alexa said, I should be married. I should be where I'm at. And as far as a midlife crisis, because I had to know what the difference was, is what I should have done. I should have done this when I was at this age. I should have. So that's the differences that I saw based on what I read Mm -hmm. between the two. But just looking at Instagram pages, Facebook pages, it's so many young people that want to be married or get married which there's absolutely nothing wrong with that if that's the path that you choose but it's like so many young people and even more mature people i'll say feel a comparison to have to do the same or be ahead of what everybody else is doing and to me that is unfortunate because it forces you sometimes to make unhealthy and unwise decisions because everything you're seeing is saying that I should be doing that too versus let me live my life at the pace that I'm at right now be grateful where I'm at not to say that none of these people are grateful I'm sure they are but just live your life on your speed at your pace and just just keep it moving and it's just so many young people freaking out about this and this is something that kind of goes back to the whole college thing I think we talked about this like when you go to college you know first thing you get they want you to choose a major I mean how do you choose you got so you have to take different well you have to take various classes just to determine that and you depending on what school you go to mine gave us two years to figure it out so I had two years to figure out what I wanted to be, even though I pretty much knew what I was getting into. So I wrote that for all four years with government. But so you were allowed to take like different classes. And I'm thinking like life classes, not necessarily all government or English or medical or something like that. You know, take some jewelry making classes or video gaming classes or something because everything is not to me it's not geared 
college is not for everybody. I've heard that being said, right. and that's true. It's not. True. But I think those that choose to go, they should have a plethora. You get to use a big word. A plethora, of different types of classes in college where they can kind of get their feet wet to see where their ship goes to. Because you never know, they may make another Amazon or they may make a a huge jewelry company or a huge, you know, the next Louis Vuitton or some, you know, somebody of that caliber, not necessarily something where they're in government service or English teachers and which we all need all of that. But, you know, just more of a platter of things that they can take to help them make a more advised decision based on what they truly feel that they want to do versus I got to hurry up and choose something because my two years is up and I have to graduate with something. And then you come out of college and you're still confused and stuck because you went to school and you're kind of not using you go you go to school but then you're not using the degree because right. in a way in my job i mean i came out with a government and sociology degree and uh i don't know if i necessarily use the government side of it per se i mean i do because we do work with the usda um uh, because we're dealing with food but it's not necessarily like in capitol hill stuff like that and i was going to say that's your point about having like more areas to explore as far as to come like mm-hmm. come up with a major my my school in particular was more science based and we had a lot of biologies or finance and government sociology anthropology i say it just depends on the schools because i heard of one school they have tourism and hospitality i was like that number one sounds amazing number one but the thing is it just depends on the school itself mine wasn't like that but I, there's other schools I've heard of in the surrounding areas that just have all these major, I didn't even know that you could do. And so it's interesting to hear some of the stories of how many people, when they go to college, how many of them actually do use their degree or how many they actually don't. It just, it kind of just depends. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it is. I mean, it just depends on, you know, what doors are open up afterwards. But again, if you don't have a plan, it's just like they let you out of college and you're just, out there and then that's when the comparison and the depressions and the things of that nature start to happen because it's like you don't have a plan and we talked about this earlier like one of your you know one of your friends was saying that you need to have a plan a or you have a plan b that means that you're expecting your plan a to fail but my whole point is you just need to have a plan period and the thing is when i was telling you about that i didn't agree with him saying that just because I feel like just because you have a plan B does not mean you're planning to fail. Everything has its season. And I'm going to just use it as an example. Like if let's say you do YouTube and that's your stream of income. YouTube has been here, yes, for probably 10 plus years. However, YouTube ain't going to be here forever. So there's nothing wrong with having a plan. So as you transition or if you find something else that you're interested in or you're trying to build your seven streams of income, you at least have something that you have to be like, hey, this is the, I can easily transition out from this and start going into right. this. Right. But when you were talking about us coming out of college and being in like in that comparison phase, you know, one thing that I wish the school systems did have that when you went to school, you had it, but we don't have it. Was um, what you call it? 
life skills classes where you learn how to wash clothes and you learn. That was in high school though. That we didn't have. I didn't. You know, we didn't have that in college. Yeah, but I feel like I wish. But I wish we had that because. There are some skills that we don't, even in college, some of us may not know how to wash clothes. Some of us don't know how to pay bills. Even though some of the people I knew in college were paying bills and yeah. living on their own. But there, there are certain skills that we need, especially because when you're transitioning out of high school into college and then college into the world, you need some coping skills. Yeah. Now that's uh, one you thing. need some coping skills. That is a hard transition. Yeah. I, I wish I had, I wish I had that when I was coming out. That maybe would have helped me frame my mindset a little bit differently than I did because like I said I came out unmotivated and for the last two years it's been a struggle to rebuild that back up because again dealing with my own anxiety and things like that like I've discussed in you know previous episode it is very hard to kind of get out of that and try to like I said not compare yourself even though like I said you're super happy for those but you feel like you're not doing enough so are you not doing because you're scared of failing is that it because I think a lot of times, even as mature adults, um, <laughs> we feel like we're going to fail. And that was one of the things that I kept, you know, hearing in my mind is like, you know, maybe it's the, the fear of failing factor, you know? And I'm like, what what is it about it? And I feel like the Holy Spirit brought to my mind, because I looked up the word fail, you know, I'm a dictionary geek. I love it. And things that came up with the definition of fail, it was like to fall short of success or achievement in something, to be or become deficient or lacking, uh, to die away, become weak or to look or lose strength, excuse me, uh, to break, being crushed or otherwise destroy, to stop functioning or operating. And I'm like, all of that sounds bad but it's like when you think about your life and the way that we're made up our makeup model has the capacity to fail so basically we were made up to fail because we're human Mm -hmm. and what i mean by fail is everything that is created everything that's created computers phones even us as God's creation, we have the ability to fail. Cars break down. Electronics break down. Everything that is created has that capacity to fail. And in that, we have what I consider a fail safe, which when I looked it up, it was like it's a built-in mechanism that gives you like early warning signs to ensure that whatever the creation is, it operates properly. And then even if it does fail, guess what? There are repairmen that you can take it to, to put it back in good condition or make it, try to restore it back to the way it was designed to work. And it's same with us. When we fail, which... You know, I feel like I, the Holy Spirit gave me, a, what is it, uh, acronym? Acronym. Fail, Father's Aid in Life. Ooh, that's a good one. Come on, Thank man. you, Jesus. Look at you, Jesus, showing out. I'm telling you, but that's what I looked at. It was like Father's Aid in Life. So we were designed to fail. 
And that's when he steps in to repair us and give us the things that we need because he's our creator. The, like I said, with cars and stuff, there are mechanics, there are repairmen that restore it. And that's what the Holy Spirit and God does for us because that's that's our design. And it all is set up to turn us back to the Father. And so I was like, okay, I feel like that should release some of the pressure that young people and even us more mature people deal with uh, as far as feeling afraid to fail. Mm-hmm. That's our design. We were we were designed that way and it's not a bad thing. It's just a lack of something. Right. It doesn't mean that you're that you know that it's a bad it's just like I said, it's a lack of something. But I don't feel like we have a society that I feel like, and this is just my personal opinion, we live in a society that doesn't necessarily allow us to fail. It's like it's like almost like a perfection, like you gotta be perfect. You have to always have it this way. And I, I always I feel like when you fail you get not everybody, but some people you get, you know, they get talked about, they get made fun of. And this is like, there's a stigma for failing. It is. But again, it's a mindset. It's all in how you look at fail or failure. Cause I also looked it up. So failing is to fall short of success. Failure is a lack of success. And there's a lack of it. That doesn't mean you don't possess it. So to me, that gives me hope. I just lack it at this point in time in my life. And because I have the ability to go and learn and go and be mentored, I have that capability to remove that deficiency to do whatever it is I set my mind out to. So both failure and to fail are not bad things, but there has been a negative connotation associated with it. And that's what makes it hard, I think, on a lot of people. It's just a mindset. You have to change your mindset on how you look at it. Because again, the stigmas, like you said, society makes it look like a bad thing. But if you really look at it, you take the time to dissect it, it's really not. It should be a motivator to know that you have help, you have guidance, that you can succeed in whatever it is that you set your mind to. It's just a deficiency that can be changed. Just like that whole thing I was going through with my iron deficiency. It's a deficiency. There is a failure in the body as far as iron production or what have you. There is iron pills that help with that deficiency. There are iron-rich foods that will help and repair, restore that deficiency. So therefore, I no longer have that lack. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's just all, again, just a mindset perspective. And I'm going to keep saying it because that's all it is. We have to change our mindsets. And that's why we get in crisis mode, per se. That's how I feel about it. That makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. So my question to you is, if it is a mindset, which I do agree with you that it is, what can we do to start fixing it? Or how do you at least start? You know, is it where you have to sit with yourself? 
I guess part of me is that, and that's something I'm still trying to figure out now. It's like, you know, I will say I do have a fear of failing, but I don't know, at least at this time in my life, kind of how to necessarily shift it. Because like I said, I feel like, again, going on social media and seeing so much and you see success and stuff in so many ways you know, you feel like in some ways you feel like you're failing because you say you see 19 year olds and 20 year olds that are multi-millionaires, even though like I said, you don't know what they've been through to get to it. But it's like, we don't, I don't know. It's like, we don't know. I see what you're saying, but Kanye made a real good point that I saw on Instagram. He said, this generation is more focused on looking successful than being successful and I agree with that and I'm gonna age myself just a little bit <laughs> you know I was you know you're seasoned two, two or three years old when this came on Lord forgive me for not you're just seasoned mama seasoned yeah, okay sprinkle 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 um MTV Cribs I watched that growing up what you mean that you probably watched that on retro TV anyway no, it was on MTV anyway <laughs> Anyway, well, I'm aging both of us then. So on MTV Cribs, I think Cribs might have been off when you were. I watched was reruns or whatever. I was anywho on MTV Cribs. I was shocked to realize because you know the premise of the show was a celebrity. You go to their homes, they invite you in their homes, they show you their homes, their cars, their pool, all of this nice stuff. You know, everybody said, "Ooh, ah," but then I saw that some of those artists came back in later years and said, you know what, that's not, that wasn't my house. That was somebody else's house, you know? And I'm like, you know what? And I think that still goes on today because you see all of these 19, 20 year olds and you think they're multimillionaires. That may not necessarily be the case because you can still rent houses because you, if you have a nice following on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, or whatever, that generates income. Mm -hmm. And you can rent cars. You can rent homes. You can rent pocketbooks. I didn't even know that. Wait, you, really? Yeah, I learned that on Sex in the City. Yeah, Sex in the City when, um, uh, who was that? Um, what is her name? I can't remember who it was. But they rent designer bags. I didn't I didn't know that. So my thing is it it's nothing to take four or five hundred dollars, rent somebody's mansion, take pictures, do Instagram feeds, do posts and all of this kind of stuff in the bathroom. You have a you bring to change your clothes, you can rent it for a few days, you can rent it for a week, take pictures and you hold on to these pictures mm -hmm. and you post them at different times. Who's gonna know the difference? Like I said, you can rent bags. You have some people that is so into fashion, they can spot a fake. So you can rent bags for a week, two weeks for a couple of hundred dollars. And you can wear these bags. You can rent cars because I know a friend of mine was going on vacation and one of the presents that they were going to do for their significant other was rent them a, a chance to drive a Ferrari or something like that. And you could rent them. They're expensive, but it can be done. So we have to move away from the mindset that everything that we see is the truth. And it's not because people can play up, build up. I think the most successful people are those that 
are genuine. So some of the, the YouTubers or influencers that I've seen that record in their apartment, nice apartment, but it's not a mansion. They're not trying to be show-offy. That's the reality. And one of the things that I thought about is I was like, influencers need to use their influence to influence people to make a difference and not to become more like it. Who said it again? (laughs) (laughs) I can say that again. (laughs) Influencers need to use their influence to influence people to make a difference in the world and not become more like it. And that's what I think a lot of influencers are doing. They're using their influence to envy what they have and this may not necessarily be what they have and it's you know you have youtubers that have committed suicide because it the pressure builds up to still try to maintain that type of lifestyle yep that image and you can't be your true authentic self even with your friends because cancel culture is real exposure culture is that's at real. all time high right now right anything so, you get you canceled nowadays exactly so if you so your circle is very small you don't have the outlets to be able to process you know they make talking with a counselor or a psychiatrist psychologist so bad mm-hmm. and it's not they have nobody to talk to to release this and help them to process what they're doing or how to help them change their mindset and they become depressed because they're they have to deal with all of this stuff alone Mm -hmm. and so they end up committing suicide they end up being depressed or having nervous breakdowns because again you're living in a charade you're living in a fake world and you make somebody mad oh they exposing everything yeah so I think that we need, you just need to be genuinely you. There are people out there that will accept you for you and be okay with that. Because again, 10, 12, 15, 20 years from now, you're going to be looking at Instagram or you're going to look at YouTube and then they're going to do a story on whatever happened to or the up and down, the rise and fall of X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see that some of this stuff that you were envying or we were envying that this person had, it wasn't real. So again, I think it really works with your affirmations and just changing, working on changing your mindset. And that I strongly believe starts with your affirmations and what the word of God says about you. I think that we were all created with, good things i mean we were created with the fruits of the spirit you know it's love joy peace patience kindness gentleness self-control we have all that he's given us wisdom discernment and then whatever we lack he makes he makes up for it he helps us with that and so we have to focus on those things and get away from fear you know that's another thing fear And I've heard it said false evidence appearing real. real, Yeah, false evidence appearing real. And our body weren't equipped for fear. But our bodies were equipped for caution. I will say that. I've heard that before. That's discernment. Oh. I didn't think of it like that. Because I always heard that our bodies naturally, it tries to, if it senses danger, 
it goes into retreat or that fight uh what's it called fight or flight fight but or that's flight. a part yeah. of fear mm-hmm. there's a difference between discernment versus fear because discernment gives you a warning it's like um just don't feel right fear you just automatically it it takes over your mind your body and your emotions and we were not created for fear so what happens is especially like Okay, for instance, when we eat something that our body will not or cannot process, what happens? You throw it up. You throw it up or it goes through the process and well, it the, comes the, out. The, the, sorry, the back end. It sorry. goes out, you know, however it needs to come out, <laughs> you know, in your bodily fluids. It, it rejects or it doesn't process what we don't need. And so I look at it as... You know, our body wasn't equipped for fear. And when we don't have an internal, mental, emotional process to deal with that fear, we internalize it because we have no way to expel it. We have no way to get rid of it because we've not been taught how to. Or if we have, we don't apply and do the work to do that. So what happens is, and this is just all me, and this is my opinion, that it turns into sickness and illnesses because it's kind of like when you're working a puzzle. You're working a puzzle. Every piece to that puzzle interconnects some kind of way, right? If we try to force a puzzle piece in a space that it was not designed, it's not going to fit. Fear doesn't fit us because it wasn't designed to. And so when you squish it in, you can squish it in to make it stick. You know, it'll go in the holes a little bit, but you're going to see places where it didn't connect. However hard you squish it in there, it's going to stay in place, but it's not going to fit. And so that's what happens with our body when we keep this fear in and we don't have a way to get it out. It's just like, Okay, I'm going to make it fit because you, you know, you're emotionally and you're physically forcing me to make it fit in our lives when it shouldn't. And so I'm just going to adapt it the best way I can. And it turns into disease. It turns into illness. It turns into being physically paralyzed. You know, when people say they're paralyzed with fear, it does. And so we have to learn how to come up with processes that we have to practice daily. It's not a one day practice and we're, we're done. We're the, the gurus on fear rotation. I don't know. I'm just making up a (laughs) word, you know, it takes daily application. Because again, you're going to be tested on it. Something going to come up. You're going to get scared. You're going to be fearful. And you have to say, nope, I'm not going to do it. You know, my body was not made for this. And so you go through whatever process that you need to do, whether it's, again, your affirmations. Like I tell you, sometimes, you know, you have to go outside and scream or you take a walk or what have you. But you have to do something because again when you take in this fear it causes the creation which is us 
to fail. And that can be because we're overusing it, we're misusing it, or we don't maintain maintenance. That's so, real good. So that's what I'm saying. So we we have to take care of it. This is our body, and we have to take care of the best of our ability. That's why I'm such a big proponent on self love, self care. Now, mm-hmm. it's like it is so important because we do things that causes our body to fail, and it wasn't designed. It's designed to fail, but it shouldn't break down as much as we allow it to, mm-hmm. because if we keep the maintenance if we use it correctly we eat the proper foods and we stop eating all of these sugars and salts and stuff and i'm guilty we both are i'm guilty i'm guilty we working on don't it. judge because y'all are too we're working on but, it but you know yeah so we don't feed it right we don't rest we worry we stress you know we don't do our self-care or we don't practice self-love on ourselves then it causes our body to go into failure or shock you know shock, yeah shock failure prematurely because eventually like i said our, i think our bodies are designed to have a to fail because it happens but we have that fail safe and sometimes we run our bodies into the ground prematurely and you know and that kind of just made me think of a conversation that like you me and some of our other family jog my memory about how if something doesn't fit or something's not right, it ages you. And so it makes me think with your body, like if you're letting fear overwork you or misuse, it kind of ages your body or it makes you fail your body, if that makes sense. You see where we're kind of going yeah, with it? Yeah, it does. That's what I'm saying. Because you're forcing it to accept something that it wasn't designed to do. And so it goes into your cells. It goes into your organs. And it just wreaks havoc because it does. Your body doesn't know what to do with it. So do this, uh, you know. And it can kill cells. It can age cells. It can cause cells to malfunction because there is a foreign emotion that you've allowed to manifest into something that's abnormal that your body doesn't know how to process it, and it has no way to get rid of it. So Mm -hmm. it's going to use it the best way it can. It may not use it in an effective way or a right way, but it's going to do what it does. It's, I'm going to make it do what it do. Just, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Even though it's wrong, I'm make it do what it do. Right. And, you know, we have to, like I said, work on us and just continue to, to stop comparing ourselves yeah. in, the, in the meantime as well, because that's a fear too. Yeah. I don't look like her. And because I don't look like her, I'm fear I won't have friends and, and all of that. And as a creation, we all are unique. We all have special features. Mm-hmm. And that's just the hand of the creator. That is his masterpiece. We're, we weren't meant to be alike. Now, we have, like I said, the fruits of the spirit and all the enablements that he has given us. But then we're uniquely made with certain special features and that's fine that's perfect that's what sets us apart from each other that's our special blueprint or our our special stamp from god and say oh yeah i know that's that that's my stamp that's one of mine right there that keeps you separated from not separated but that makes you unique from everybody else so do you think 
like with comparison at the reason why or one of the reasons it can be different reasons but do you think the one of the reasons comparison is so high is because we one as a society don't accept how uniquely we are or because we are unique but because like i said people can do different things or there's like i feel like sometimes there's a hot people put a hierarchy on what you can do does that make sense like it does so it's like oh you can do this uniquely but in the views of others oh that's that that's on a higher that's better than mine so we think that our uniqueness has a hierarchy to it like what i'm doing yes yeah, good and unique but it's not as good as there because look how their life is turning out look how this is turned out for them you know what i'm saying i think that's how comparison has I've seen nowadays have turned into a hierarchy of what my talent, my talent is better than yours because I can do it this way and it's garnered me this success or garnered me this friendship or these opportunities. And even though, yes, what you have is complete and can give you that stuff too, is not, we don't celebrate unique. We don't. And that's why I feel like we need to honor each other because of our uniqueness. And what I tell you all the time, and we have this conversation all the time is we're assigned certain people right. in our lives. If one person was the know-all, be-all, has-all, it would only be one person in this world that would be singing, dancing, being a doctor, preaching. But it's billions of people in this earth. One person can't do all of that. So that's why you have different types of doctors in different fields in different areas of the world so nobody can capitalize on that one thing Mm -hmm. because you need somebody that has a unique talent gifting and again god puts a special feature on you that nobody else has Mm -hmm. but we don't honor or appreciate our own special feature we try to copy it we copy it or we get envious of somebody else's because we think it's so much better. But my thing is, like you said earlier, we don't know what they've been through to get that special feature to the point that we're envious of. And so my thing is, if you would take time to work on and know your special feature or know yourself, because that's the thing, I think a lot of times, because we don't take the time to sit with ourselves honor ourselves as God's creation and the great individuals that we all are we get so caught up in other people and that leads to the envy and the jealousy and not knowing you know what I'm just as good it's just they may do it better and for whoever they're called or they were put on this earth to influence that's what's needed Mm -hmm. On the other hand, I may not need that much because my group doesn't need that much of that. And it doesn't make anybody worse or better. As long as you touch them in the right way, it doesn't matter because that's the whole point. You're making a difference. And that's why I say it, you know, influencers need to use their influence to influence people to change the world and not become more of it. Yeah, or more like it. So and I haven't seen a, that many influencers, at least I've seen, do that yet. There's some that do, 
but there has I've noticed some influence and that was something I was watching with this other YouTuber and she was talking about how some influencers don't want to take the responsibility of being an influencer because some people's like I'm just using an example when there was all there's a big discussion about music or the type of music and how there are young kids who listen mm-hmm. and so I I vaguely remember a statement saying like I'm not their parents I can't control what they're doing I'm gonna always be me and make what I do but you're the parent it's your job to you know influence them it ain't my responsibility and then at first I was like eh, I get what you're saying but the thing is regardless yes you can be you who you are because that's what got you to where you are up in you know in the music industry however you can't negate the fact that you still have an influence over young people to go this way or go that way that's why I feel like it's very important if you are an influencer to take responsibility I feel like I've, I've heard a lot of people say it's not my job I'm not your parent I don't care and I'm like but how can you not because they don't I don't think they understand the difference between an influencer and a being a fan mm-hmm. so you know if you're a fan I like your music but again us as parents true enough or as a village because it you know I, I didn't raise you by myself I had help you know yeah. friends along the way that have had influence in your life to understand what that means and and to teach others that it's okay to like it but don't put these people on pedestals because at the end of the day they're just like us but again because they portray these images of oh i got all this money i got all that i even saw on amazon you can buy a stack of hundred dollar bills on amazon for ten dollars i was serious? like are you kidding me <laughs> come on jeff bezos i'm just what i'm just saying <laughs> what jeff bezos got to do with oh amazon amazon okay i'm like what but roll yeah. with me now roll with me girl i'm rolling I'm rolling. No, you rocking, but you ain't rolling. You know. <laughs> you know what? All right. I got you. You're right. You're right. I'm, I was off game. Sorry. But yeah, I saw that. I was like, are you kidding me? And so, you know, but it also has on them stamp like this is fake money or something like that. So these videos where some of these rappers, now I believe some of it can be real. Because mm-hmm. like I said, I'm not saying all people that flash and show their stuff on Instagram is not true. But mm-hmm. I think a majority of them are. Because again, they're selling a image. Yeah, flex culture is horrible. I mean, yeah. I don't like it just because I feel like when you flex, and again, I could be wrong, and you tell me if I am. No, you're entitled to your opinion. I feel like I, the one reason I've always hated flex culture was because I felt like the root of it was for self esteem and validation. Mm-hmm. And when you have it. There's nothing wrong with showing people sometimes what you have to motivate others to be like, hey, look at me. I got this, but guess what? You can have it too. You can inspire people to strive for something if they want it for themselves. But I feel like flex culture itself has gotten to the point. I'm just doing it to show off to other people so they can see what I got. So it can fill my gas tank up because I may have not done it on my own. Because again, when you got this overwhelming of people saying, oh my gosh, you look good. I wish I had this. I wish I was with you. It's like, it's like a drug. Do anything for clout. Yes, the Cardi B and Offset. But... I, I just, I hate it so much. I hate flex culture. I, I mean, to each his own, but I feel like when you do that, you are, what's the word? You're creating 
some jealousy and envy of people because some people be waiting just to, for you to show it off so they can plot because unfortunately we've seen people unfortunately get hurt because of this type of thing but it's just I just really hate to see it because you got people out here and kids my age stressing hey I need to have this I need to do this this is how life is supposed to be and it's like no you don't have to have all of this right. and the thing is even if you did have it you don't have to always show it now, there's nothing, like I said, again, there's nothing wrong with showing it if it's to inspire someone. Because there's a lot of things I have seen that others have. I'm like, wow, that's actually possible? Okay. But do they show you how they did it? Do they give you the background? Because that's the thing. You can floss, but show me how you did it. I haven't seen, I feel like when I've heard people explain how they get it, it's very vague. Oh, yeah. I feel like if you're going to show it, like you said, you need to explain how you do it. Because like I said, I hear people saying, oh, I just do this, this, and this. But it's so vague. It's like almost they don't want you to know specifically. Because they my, don't want to. And a lot of times they do it on purpose because, again, their path may not nece- necessarily be your path. True. And so I can give you the tools because my thing is, I think, and that was a lot of my problem starting out, is I expect a blueprint of how I'm supposed to do this. Can you tell me step by step? How I need to do this. How do I do this, 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 and this? And it's not like that. There is nothing out there that is just like life. You know, people give you the, the blueprint. And then you also have to pray and ask for guidance in that. Because the way you got it may not necessarily be the same way that I get it. And I may not get it on that same level. That doesn't make you better. But that may be that your call is greater. Or your influence is greater because again all things work together Mm -hmm. so if i'm only called or in you know created to influence fifty thousand, and you were created and called to influence a hundred thousand hey that's a hundred and fifty thousand people it's going in a positive direction but we get into this comparison competition and my thing is the end goal is for everybody, if you're, to me, if your heart posture is right, is for everybody to win on some level. It may not be the same level as me, but you win. Right. And people be okay with that. And then that may, you know, influence them to take it a step further or, you know, come up with more creative ideals or even collab with you and together you make it bigger. And Mm -hmm. it's like, it's just a mentality that I hate that is my for no more. And we can't win like that. We have to win together. We can't win without each other because my thing is you can't be a multi-million dollar recording artist without me, you, and whoever else buying your product. Mm -hmm. So we need each other to get to these levels. So why not? come together and help each other to make it better so that everybody can win. Oh, yeah, let me put it like this. Everybody that wants to win can win because everybody don't want to win. Everybody don't want to put in the work. They want shortcuts or they just, they're okay with living the life that they have. They are okay with doing and having the bare minimum. And there is nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing if that's what you choose to do. But even with it being the bare minimum, it could be a win in that category. 
or in that level, you can still be a win in some form or fashion. But we're so scared to share what we know because we don't want anybody to, to surpass surpass or do it better than us. And I've been guilty of that. I have too. I've been guilty of that. So like younger me or whatever, you know, I had developed this pound cake recipe, you know, or whatever. <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't a development, yeah. but you know, when I would be asked to make it, oh, it's so good. It's so good. And then, you know, people would want to know how to make it. And I'm like, eh, mm, I really don't want to share the recipe. You know what I'm saying? And I get, you know, if you got a business, like with some of the businesses that have their own proprietary recipe, this is your money maker. I get that. But a homemade pound cake that I'm not trying to make any money off of, but just doing it for the pure enjoyment for other people to enjoy something that I created. And then it got to the point where, you know, more people was asking me to bake it. And I'm like, I don't got time for this. Let me give you the recipe. Let me let you do it. Cause I don't want to do it no more. This is ridiculous. So I got what I wanted, which was people requesting it and wanting it because it was so good. But then I got to the point where I got frustrated with myself is because, you know, I didn't want to do it no more. It's like, okay, I had worn out that feeling that I got from that because now I'm creating a need and it wasn't really something that I was super passionate about. It was mm-hmm. like, I'm excited to do it. I love to bake. I put love in the things that I bake. But if it's not something that I'm super passionate about, then it becomes burdensome. Yeah. So, it's kind of like if you hold when you withhold information, sometimes you can get overwhelmed because of the amount of right. And it's not why so, that makes so much sense to me now. So why that, so it's why it's important to share information. I'm not saying that you need to share every single thing, but it's important to share because you can get overwhelmed. You can by the amount of whatever, and that can, like you said, it can be burdensome on you. And my thing is, you need to help people. You like they said, teach a person how to fish. Yep. Because my thing is, if you're giving them step by step, then they're dependent on you for their success instead of them using their own creativity to create their own success for whatever it is that they are called to do or their whatever their purpose is to do. And so if you're continually feeding them all of the things that they need to do. You need to do this, this, and this. You're not teaching them anything but codependence because they're going to always come back to you. Well, then what I do next? That doesn't inspire them to, oh, well, let me look it up. Let me go look it up. That's what you do me. Yeah. Look it up. Yeah, look it up. <laughs> look well, it up. Mama, what does this mean? Look it look up. It up. <laughs> because I've, I've done that. And we just talked about this prior to us recording is, you know, that I have, because I was a helicopter Still am to some <laughs> shit on Netflix. Um, overprotective parent. I failed you in the sense that in some things, when you were going off to college, I wasn't necessarily scared. Well, I wasn't scared that you were going off to college. I was grateful for the opportunity, but because I had held your hand and not allowed you to think for yourself to make your own decisions and mistakes that when you got up there you would you would fail 
and you wouldn't know how to recover from that because there is recovery. There is a restoration, but I didn't provide the tools for that. I didn't feel like I had given you the tools for you to be successful on the minimal things. So like you got up there and you excelled, you, you know, you created your pantry that's still going and it's changing lives and it's making a difference. But again, some of those things come from within that you, that have to kind of be dug away with or dug away to be able to be exposed. And I didn't allow those things to be exposed. I kind of left them buried and I was like, oh, that's okay. I'll take care of it. Oh, that's okay. I'll do it. Oh, that's okay. It, it, it takes more time for, for you to try to figure it out. Let me, cause I already know what to do. Yeah. And that is crippling to you and other people, you know, some college students, some college students come prepared because yeah. they didn't have no other choice because their home lives were a lot different. Their, you know, their parenting situations were different. So they had to do things a whole lot differently than you had. it. Some of them had to work at 15 years old some of them had to do you know take care of kids and all that kind of stuff at a young age so they already came prepared with those skills whereas me you know you didn't you weren't allowed to and it wasn't allowed I just didn't allow well I guess that would be I didn't allow I just didn't give you the opportunity not that you couldn't it was just so much easier for me because I already knew how to do it right. too. Because I, I know that I called you a lot. And I realized this, like you said, before we got on, you know, on air and started talking, we were talking about that. And I, it hit me like months ago, just how much I have had to use, use you for help. Like anything that I have, yeah. if I make a decision, I don't get a sense of peace until you co-sign it. Or at least you tell me, eh, I don't know if this is right. So then I will change it. And so it's very hard. Like I said, I'm so used to you being that person that held my hand in all these situations. Right. So now, even though you are now letting me start taking more responsibility and trying to encourage me to take more decision making, it's very hard. It is yeah. extremely hard. And sometimes you feel bad saying it, but it's like, well, I mean. That's my story. I mean, it is what it, it is. is. And, and I think I it's I can I can work on it Yeah. to change it. So when I have your future grandkids. I Real in the late future. <laughs> in the future. In the future future. <laughs> in the future. Three futures. <laughs> I at least know how. Six decades. Okay. Okay. Jesus. <laughs> Come on now. Uh, <laughs> saying, I'm going to be out the country. I don't know what you talking about. I ain't feeling They're going to be with you. No, they're not. Anywho. But, anywho. Right. I know how to kind of not hold their hands so much, but be, again, give them exposure so they can be. And again, that, and uh, again, I don't resent you for none of that. I mean, it's just how our relationship was. Because like I said, you and me are like yin and yang. So it's always been us for the past 24 years. It's yeah. just been us. Yeah. So it is hard sometimes to separate that. And I have to get to a point where I'm like, you know what? Like you told me before, you ain't always going to be here. Not meaning you dying. It just means there's going to be time. Be flewed out. That's what I'm going to be. You know flewed. what? Just because, just because you're not going to be there sometimes, either because you flewed out or on a conference call or something. I may not always have you easy, accessible. Yeah. So I have to learn how to do some things without you. 
Yeah. And I can, a and lot of things for that. A lot of things. And like I said, I'm starting to. But like I said, I got to figure that out too. And I'm glad that you are helping me figure that out. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's hard. But I want to be able to be able to be independent. And I think, like I said, going to college for the most part. They you are independent. But again, there are some things that should have been. Because again, I'm sure that was a big culture shock. You know, you going... And like I said, I, I still kind of tear up just the day that I had to leave you in school. That just <laughs> broke my heart. And I'm like, oh my Y'all, God. she broke down outside of the gate. I did. I, I'm walking. I mean, it's just like, you know, I'm driving off and I see you walking in my rearview mirror. And, and I'm I like, wave at you. No, you didn't wave. It was like, because we had said our goodbyes or whatever, because you were walking with your group. My bonner class, yeah. Yeah, to go to whatever workshop or yeah, orientation, orientation you had to go to. And we said our goodbyes and... We pulled off before you start, well, you walked off before we pulled off and you went in another direction. But as we were going out the gate, your group, I guess, cut across campus and I saw you walking and I'm like, oh my God, I'm leaving my child. In a whole nother state. In a whole nother (laughs) state. Four hours away. I'm like, I'm a bad parent. It's just. (laughs) Oh, mom. And I know it was a good thing, but again, like you said, we're closely connected because yeah. that's, you know, we, we're all we've ever known. We a package deal. Right. Now into forever. Yeah. It's just like, you know, you still umbilically cord <laughs> attached to some kind of way, but you know, I got to cut that. Cut it. Cut it. Cut it. Cut it. Get the axe. Cut it. Get the axe. You do it too much. <laughs> you do it too much. Oh, goodness. Well, but, yeah. I mean, that, and it's crazy when you tell me that story. Because I was like, I don't remember it all. Because I'm thinking when y'all had left, I was like. You didn't see us, but, I mean. Yeah, I, I thought y'all was like, over. okay, we going back. I didn't know. I had to pull over when I got out the gate. I know Nan and Granny were, like, probably scared. <laughs> like, is she all right? No, nah, I mean, no, they weren't scared. They was like, she'll be fine. You should be fine. I'm surprised they weren't crying themselves. They waited till they got home. Oh, they did? Yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Because my grandmother did stress a lot. All four She's years. still stressing you in the same setting. <laughs> exactly. Less than 15 minutes away from her house. And she's still stressed. But again, that was a, that was a that is the biggest transition we have had with by me going to college. But the thing it worked out so smooth because there was a lot of things that I didn't have to deal with that others did. For the most part, my college experience was smooth. The emotional mental turmoil I went through, that was self-inflicted. Based on my own you know, self-esteem issues that I had to work through and still have to work through. I mean, everybody has to work through that daily because it's always something coming that it, it may not be a self-esteem issue with looks or body or anything like that. It can just be in performance or yeah. behavior or status. So there are different things that contribute to self-esteem. So it's not right. always superficial things. It's not physical things. Right. It can be emotional things as well. And I think to go back to your original question, it's all about your mindset. You have to work on changing your mindset. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to put in the work. And I feel like if you put in the work, the Lord will bless it. He can't bless what you're not doing. If you're not moving, you know, we expect, you know, people talk about the move of God. Well, the, the Lord can't move on anything that's not moving. You know what I'm saying? If it's yeah. just that, he can't move on it. It has to already be in motion. And we think that motion has to be something big and huge. But just 
just a daily thing of small things that build up to the bigger things. He sees that he blesses that, but he can't move on something that's not moving. And so we have to, we have to do it. And like I said, whether it's your affirmations, if it's self-care, one of the things that I've incorporated, you know, got my nails done, y'all. They so cute. Well, they chipping off now. But now that's something that I want to do now because I hadn't, it's just something that I hadn't done in 24 years because I was getting them done before I, I got pregnant with you and I stopped going because I was hearing reports that the chemicals and stuff could and the affect the baby could affect the baby. So I just stopped going and I never went again. And then when we did our Mother's Day brunch, you know, I had the opportunity to get them done. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to incorporate that into my self-care and honoring myself mm-hmm. because I, I look at them and I'm like, oh, my nails painted. So just little things like that can change your mindset and shift your perspective on so many things that yeah. affect you down the line. Yeah, but I feel like with self-care, you got to be very intentional because, like you said, it's very hard nowadays to take care of yourself with all the responsibilities, what we got going on. I feel like you just have to be intentional about it and make sure you set, whether it's a, a boundary, say, hey, I don't care what's going on, I'm going to take this time, 30 minutes, to do something and you have to do and it. And you have to stick with it. You yeah. got to hold yourself accountable. Or as the YouTuber I was watching that I was talking about earlier, she said, you got to set a boundary. Yeah. And stick with it. You do. And that's, and that's hard, like you said, because you set these boundaries and you're like, okay, I'm going to do this. And all of a sudden you get a monkey wrench thrown and something yeah. or something comes up and it's okay for you to step away and say, you know what? I'm going to go in here. Even if it's eating a piece of chocolate, like, you know what? I've been good today. I, you know what? I typed two emails today. Guess what? Yeah, you. Give me some Dove chocolate. You know what? I'm going to eat me two pieces. No, we, we uh, what's called, what's it called? Ferrero Rocher. Ferrero Rocher. That's what we eat over here. Oh, okay. That's what you like, but I like Dove. Of course you do. Gotta be like an angel and just be flying away. Yes. Ta-da. No. But anyway. (laughs) But yeah, so, I mean, you just have to be, like you said, intentional and it doesn't have to be anything extravagant. Like, you know, you go outside and just, just let the sun hit your face or, you know, buy you some new skincare moisturizer or buy you some perfume. You know, I'm looking at this Tom Ford, but I ain't got Tom Ford money right now. Yet. Yet. I mean, even if I had it, I don't think I'm going to spend $300 on perfume it better be having me out here calling all angels i better be able to speak prophetic words with that perfume. you can speak it without it but i mean no but just like she said just being intentional y'all with what you're doing just little things like going get like i said going to get your nails done your your toes done go get a massage go wash your car go on a walk go on a read walk, a book read a book i mean there's so just, many things just things that make you happy that just make you feel content and then in that, that help, moment too yeah and things that help like i said change your mindset set to help progress you forward to get you moving in a right direction so that god can bless that move right because again that that's all it's about like i said you have to honor yourself because a lot of times people don't honor you. They say they do, but they yeah. really don't. And that's because we don't understand what honor means. We we have a perception 
what honor looks like and mm-hmm. it's not something big and grandiose which it can be but little things show honor as well whether it's a card you know send flowers to yourself send yourself a card like can you do that nowadays send yourself a card why can't you i, I didn't know i mean i didn't know you could write you <laughs> write you a card out hey girl you are wonderful how you doing how you doing go to the dollar tree because they got some five cards and then of course you would know (laughs) right i mean you work smarter not harder you don't have to spend a whole lot of money like i said self-care self-love don't have to cost a whole lot of money and just drop them in the mailbox or give them to somebody and say hey once a week drop these in there or do that for somebody else once a week drop them a card in there Go ahead and just fill them out for getting 30 cards, fill them out, address them, and just once a week, just drop them a card. Because, again, you honoring other people honors you as well. Yeah. You know, it honors who you are as a person because your heart posture is one that you want to see other people happy and blessed. So, just yeah. little things like that. Yeah, you can oh, send a card. Yeah, send a card to yourself. Send yourself flowers. Get get you a subscription to what is it, Harry and David? What is it? It's the fruit and the chocolate. Their their chocolate covered cherries are amazing. <laughs> That's like I never heard of that before. Oh my goodness, they're 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 expensive, but again, you're worth it, y'all. You do it, do it. I mean, cheese or the I don't say cheese club of the month. If you like cheese, get you a cheese. Get you a charcuterie board. Yeah, get you a charcuterie boy. We like that word on charcuterie. Charcuterie. We've been saying that word so much <laughs> recently. Oh gosh, that's because my mother is in the process I'm, of making a charcuterie board I for my aunt's wedding. I'm not. I'm not. Well, we've been saying the word, so that's why I brought it up. Yeah. So, but yeah, being like I said, being intentional, doing things that make you happy, that stimulates your growth. You have one. You take care of you. God tells us to take care of ourselves as well and again that brings him glory and honor because it's like you know what you know i created you to be great and you're doing things that show me that you appreciate the life that i've given you and you're supporting your purpose or you're learning your purpose or you know so it all goes back to our creator to make him proud of his work because we're, we're just great all of us are wonderful but a lot of times we depend so heavily on other people to show us that and we shouldn't. I mean, not to say that, you know, they can't, but we can't be so dependent on it because depending on how that person's mood is that day, they may not feel like giving yeah. us the attention or the compliment or the honor that we feel that we're due. Yeah, you said people sometimes, said people are fickle. One day they, they love are. you, the next I day mean, they I, hate you. I mean... Exactly. You know, and some days I may not feel like reaching out and texting anybody because I'm going through my own right. thing, you know. So that's why you have to fill up your own gas tank. You have to. As you would say, you self-service. Self-service. You have to do self-service because people change. And again, everybody's out here trying to maneuver in the middle of a pandemic, you know, financial situations, emotional situations. And we all need each other to be able to navigate and maneuver. But at the same time, self-care, self-love, and honoring ourselves fills up our tank so that we don't get so depleted that it seems like we can't recover. Because that's what happens when your emotional tank is depleted. And I've been there. And like I told you, it is hell trying to fight your way back 
from those types of depressive and emotional attacks that I did not prepare myself with self-care, self-love, prayer, all of that, that I didn't put in the work to prepare for those things. And it was really hard. And I promised myself years ago, I would never, ever get in a place like that again, because we depend on people to help us to get through. And sometimes they just don't have it in them because they're so depleted themselves to to help pull you out. So any more questions, ma'am? Nah, I think we did really good. I mean, if y'all have any questions, comments, let us know. Hit us up. Yeah, any more topics. Any more you know, topics. We have our little jar of things to talk about, but of course we'd love to hear, you know, some new things. Yeah, tag us on some stuff. What yeah. do you want to hear? You know, I really want to make sure that we're taking care of each other because that's, that's a charge in life that we see about and we care about and we love on each other. And I just want to make sure that I'm doing my part to you know, love on y'all and y'all love on me and we love on, you know, others during this journey. Yeah. I mean, it's, we can't do this by ourselves. We need each other. So, right. And that's our brand communication, self-love. And what's the third? Mental health. Mental health. Yep. That's what we're here to do. Yep. So we hope that something was said that will help you and inspire you to continue to live your best life and just continue to be your amazing selves and know that we love you, that we're praying for you and we're wishing everything good for you and that we're in your corner because we're all winners. So until next time, bye. bye.